Hey, welcome into TCAM Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Tracewell. This podcast, we talk about sports events, topics, and players. Come follow our Facebook and Instagram page. Facebook is TCAM's Sports Podcast, and the Instagram page is TCAM underscore sports underscore podcast. Shows will be posted when they go live, and even some bonus episodes will be posted during the week. Normal episodes are posted Fridays at 5. Comment your thoughts on the shows. Leave some topics you would like for me to discuss on the show. Thank you for tuning in. Now on to the episode. Today is a, another guest episode as we, as I have invited my, my very good friend, Will Smith. Will, how you doing, man? I'm good. How about yourself? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing really good. Well, what do you do for a living? I've been at WD Medicine for the last 11 years. I work as a, a manager for the budget and for the financial department. And so Will's been a really, really good friend. Just, you know, I met him at the gym. I met him at the Strong Tower Gym. Guy's been really good to me and glad to have you on, man. We're going to jump into a couple different topics today. We're going to start out with some NFL talk. The Super Bowl recap. Now, I know a lot of people have different opinions on it, but what is your own personal opinion on it. So we're talking about the call, right, at the end of the game? If you you can talk about the call or the game overall, it's up uh, to you. First of all, the game was great. It was a great game, two competitive teams, back and forth. You never felt like the game was going one way or the other. Loved the game, hated the commercials, hated the halftime show. The end of the game, was it a penalty? Yes. Should it have been called in that situation? No. I just don't think that was the right time or place. They let him play the whole game. That, that didn't need to be called right then, especially when Mahomes was already throwing the ball away before he even got there. I, I respect Philadelphia's players coming out and saying, yeah, I grabbed him, but it didn't need to be called. Well, like I said, it, it had nothing to do with the call. It always had to do with that moment. Yep. And that's the one thing we don't like about sports is the defining moment. Like when Mahomes got pushed out of bounds in the late hit call, it wasn't the fact that it wasn't a late hit. It was the fact that you can't be calling that in that moment. Right, exactly. Like for fans, the, the whole point is in, it doesn't matter whether it's football, basketball, baseball. It doesn't make a difference what it is. If you're calling a penalty to decide the game winner, I mean, that just that, that causes a whole lot of problems for everybody, in my own opinion. Yeah. And I, I just don't feel that people under, like can understand that even though it is a call, and I understand by the NFL they need to make that call, for fans, it's like you're taking the moment away. They knew throwing that penalty took Jalen Hurts' chances right out of that football game. And Jalen Hurts, he was the MVP of that game, in my opinion. If you're going to give anybody the MVP or a losing team or player the MVP, it was Jalen Hurts. Had 304 yards passing, one passing touchdown, I think, yeah, and uh, three rushing touchdowns with 70 yards. I mean, the guy just played magnificent all night. I know Mahomes didn't play that great. But in the biggest moments, he showed up. And my biggest problem with the entire game was a number two defense was a no-show in the second half of that football game. I mean, letting Kadarius Tony run 65 yards to the, what, 10-yard line. Sky Moore getting a free touchdown. Kadarius Tony then getting another free touchdown. It was the defensive problem for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, I mean, it was the same play on different sides for two the next two touchdowns. Defense line created no pressure. Anytime they did have a sniff of pressure, Mahomes escaped easily. You're right, though. Jalen Hurts was the MVP. Not only the stats you mentioned, he had a two-point conversion run that was about as tough as you can get. I mean, he lowered his head, ran in the end zone. 
Jalen Hurts crushed any doubt about him being an NFL quarterback. Not only this whole year, but in that game. He, he's the real deal. Um, he was a real deal in Alabama. He got short into the straw there. He, he's good in Oklahoma. Everyone thought that was Lincoln Riley. I do think Lincoln Riley makes quarterbacks look better than they are, and that's been proven with some of his other ones. But Jalen was not his byproduct. Jalen was gift to him in a transfer. So Jalen's different. Um, he's built. He's he's already said he's going to take less money to make a keep the championship team. I just think he's a good guy, good football player. He really is. I mean, think about his entire career, you know, being doubted and then getting pulled out of the national championship game for Tua Dugavalova and then going to Oklahoma and still not being called. Everybody thinking he's not going to work, this isn't going to happen. And for him to prove himself this far not only helps his case, but it helps the case of running quarterbacks. For mobile quarterbacks in the NFL, we're starting to see him a lot more in the past couple of years. But the problem is, is that there's general managers that want to refer to the old style. And they always want to keep that old style, but we're seeing that new style come in. And it's helping a lot of young quarterbacks come in. It's helping a lot of schemes. It's bringing in a new life of football. And even if it comes from Jalen Hurts to Josh Allen to Patrick Mahomes to Mahomes, and not to, to Patrick Mahomes to Joe Burrow, it doesn't make a difference either way at the end of the day. Because his game, with Lamar Jackson's game also, is translated a little bit. It's translated that position. And the respect that we have to give Jalen Hurts now is, is the Philadelphia Eagles going to pay him? I believe they will. I believe they found their quarterback. You know, They ran through Carson Wentz and they ran through Nick Foles. They should have kept Nick Foles over Carson Wentz, but it didn't happen. For this team to win a Super Bowl six six years ago and to come back six years later to another Super Bowl and almost win it is unbelievable. Yeah. No franchise should be able to go, I would say, that far of a stretch and be able to win it again. Yeah. So, totally different coach, too. Whole new coach. Whole new coaching staff. A lot of, I mean, there's still some of the same defensive players, but new offensive guys, new talent. What an incredible success for Nick Sirianni, you know, getting pushed out by Andy Reid, really. Mm-hmm. You know, he got pushed out of his coaching staff, and he basically told he wasn't good enough. And he's proved himself the entire way, and the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be a team to be reckoned with in the NFC. I mean, they are the cream of the NFC right now. I don't see any team that's – I mean, I, I do think the 49ers will still give them a run. It's just that defense is incredible. you got a CMC who – do I believe running backs make a difference? Not really, but there are certain ones. CMC is one of the certain ones that makes a difference in games. So I think those two teams next year, they're going to be in the NFC Championship game again or at least vying for it. I, I do also believe that it was the weakness of the Philadelphia Eagles not seeing a high-efficient offense. You know, the 49ers were really that first team all season they'd really seen. I, I mean, you could say the Dallas Cowboys, but not at the extent of what the 49ers and the Chiefs were or even the Bengals or the Bills, the high-efficient offense, you know, they can consistently keep scoring and consistently put on the pressure. The 49ers had that until Brock Purdy got hurt. Mm-hmm. I think the Eagles got lucky. And then when it came time to show, they had so much time. I mean, during that game, you think about it, they were, what, the the defense was off the field 23 minutes, and Tom Holmes was off the field 23 minutes. So, I mean, Jalen Hurts made moves, and Jalen Hurts – played his best game, putting him in the right position going into halftime, that defense didn't have to really face much up until the second half. And once they got in the second half, they realized what they were up against. Yeah, yeah I mean, they were out so long. Jalen Hurts had to fumble. I mean, that was 
That happens. I mean, it was, was it a big fumble? Yeah. But the Chiefs get seven free points off of that. And then for Jalen Hurst to turn right around and take them back down the field again and score before halftime, you're right. The Chiefs didn't play offense the first half. It was all equals. 100% with the 49ers. I thought the 49ers won the Super Bowl. Um, I still think they beat the Eagles if they're healthy. With even Brock Purdy. If a healthy Brock Purdy, they win it. But they didn't experience any NFC Championship game. That was a horrible NFC Championship game just because there's no quarterback to play. When you don't, you know Brock Purdy's not going to throw the ball, at that point they should have won a wildcat because it was just a waste of player on the field. They had Brock Purdy who couldn't throw for three yards. Trey Lance is out. Jimmy Garoppolo is out. And then you had uh, Johnson come in, Josh Johnson come in. And obviously you see the experience level of football he has played. It's not very much. He was not – very accurate, didn't make right calls. And you can see he hasn't been in Shanahan's offense at all. And then he gets hurt, and then it's to McCaffrey. And at that point, it was an easy win for the Eagles because they didn't, well, you can't throw the ball. And you can see the frustration between all of the 49ers players. At the end of the day, not having that experience to play a great offense like that cost them. It, it cost them at the end. It didn't cost Jalen Hurts. It didn't cost A.J. Brown. That offense, you could see they were experienced against a good defense because a lot of the NFC teams had good defenses. Yeah. I mean, you could say a lot. I mean, the Cowboys had a great defense. For them to play that well on one side and then the other side, for them to be supposed to be that good, fail. It was just disappointing. I mean, the Bengals had the Bengals. They should have had a worse, technically a worse offense defensive line than the Eagles on on stats in the paper before coming into that game. Realistically, they didn't. The Bengals played a lot better against the Chiefs. And to the listeners, I am a diehard Bengals fan, so I am very, uh, very favorite to, to the Bengals. But the Bengals' defensive line is underrated. I mean, you got Sam Hubbard, Trey Hendrickson, DJ Reader, not to mention BJ Hill had a big year, and then Osai, who had to lay it out of bounds. He's coming on. He's a second-year player who didn't get a play his first year because of ACL surgery. That's a good defensive line. No, it's not the Eagles. It's not Hassan Reddick. And I mean, when Nadunka Sue's coming off your bench, then you got a good defense line. But I think the Eagles defense line was a little underappreciated this year. Well, definitely. I mean, when you look at the Bengals in particular, you're never you're not really looking at their defense because of how much talent they have on the offensive side of the ball. The difference is with the Eagles is Jalen Hurts was a question mark to be in a year. But we knew how good their defense was because of the trades and the moves they were making in the offseason. The Bengals, you never really thought about their defense because you think about Jamar Chase, you think about Joe Mixon, Samaj P. Ryan, you think about Joe Burrow and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd and uh, Hayden Hurst. All those, all that great offensive talent, you don't really think if they go down, they're obviously going to have the talent to get back in that football game. So talking about the Bengals, will Joe Burrow remain the guy, in your own opinion, that will challenge Mahomes for the future? So as I said, huge Bengals fan. Of course, the answer is yes, but here's how I see it. I see as Mahomes being Tom Brady, and I see Joe Burrow being Peyton Manning. I actually think raw talent-wise, this might be my biased opinion, but raw talent-wise, Joe Burrow is better than Patrick Mahomes. Do I think Mahomes can make magic that's incredible? Yeah. But if you just said, do not move, sit there, and hit your targets, I think Burrow beats him every time. If you're, ta- if you're talking about the quarterback play, like playing the actual position of quarterback, you're right. If you're talking about as a talent, why like a, as a talentedly gifted, it's Mahomes. Yeah, he, I mean he's got that just other level. 
I, I, that's where I think he's Peyton was better than Brady, natural quarterback wise. But Brady had the it factor. I think Burrow can still have that it factor, but Mahomes hasn't. It's kind of weird because I have some similarities of my own, and the crazy thing is I don't have a Mahomes similarity. I mean, the closest guy you could say it is is Rodgers, but Rodgers hasn't been that successful throughout his career. He hasn't. He's won games, but he's not won titles. Not been to where Mahomes has been so many different times and want it and succeed. For me, it's Mahomes really doesn't have a comparison. I have a two-way with Joe Burrow, and it is Tom Brady, and it is Drew Brees, because I see a little bit of both. I think it'd be Tom Brady because Joe Burrow is like that guy you can rely on. He's a guy that's going to show up. He's a guy that's got the swag, and you notice in late in Brady's career, he had a lot more swag to him than in the beginning of his career because he believed he could win. He believed he was finally that guy. And Joe Burrow's been that way since day one. And so I see him that way. I see this team as winners, as competitors, and I'm a diehard Steelers fan, and everybody knows that. But I won't deny the greatness of Joe Burrow. I never have. Yeah, and I, I can see where you see the Brady. I don't see the Breeze as much, but I see Brady. Um, I see Peyton because of the IQ that Joe has. So when they call plays for Joe, they give him two plays, and he makes a decision of that which play to call based on the coverage. So, yeah, we got an offense coordinator, but Joe is the offense coordinator on the field. I've never had a Bengals quarterback that's done that before. Joe's just special, and he's still so young. The reason I went Brady with Joe is because of how clutch he is, how he's performed in the playoffs. Joe shows up in the biggest moments, and he plays really, really well. I would compare Peyton Manning more to Josh Allen because – they were they are super talented. They have all the skills in the world, and they play great in the regular season. But Josh Allen has not proved himself in the postseason. He's never proved himself, and that was Peyton Manning's biggest problem. Peyton Manning was so successful in the regular season, but never could do well in the postseason. Unlike Brady, who was they were an an average to above average team in the regular season, but they were the champions in the postseason. And that's why I think Joe Burrow is going. Joe Burrow is going to be a champion. Joe Burrow's going to win two or three, maybe four. Yeah, I sure hope so. He, he is a superstar talent. Now, I do think they've got to keep the team intact. I think he's going to need more than just Jamar Chase to win one. For me, it's got to be, it's got to be Josh Allen as Peyton. Because there's so much to there's, – there's a size. There's the way he plays. It just – it almost looks side by side, as you can see the both of them. But the success and the losing, they just almost combine with each other. So I'm starting to get off the Josh Allen train. So is he good? Yeah. Is he a top? I'm not there anymore. Like, he looked horrible in that first playoff game against Miami. He looked horrible against the Bengals. He, outside of Prescott, he led the league in turnovers besides Prescott. He gets just dumb turnovers. And people don't realize how many times he fumbles and somehow gets lucky and recovers his own fumbles. He puts that ball on the ground a lot. Now, this is the first time I'll mention it to you because I really never talked about it until up to this point. I have a consideration, and this is going to be within the following year. i got to see what Josh Allen does next year. But for me, would it be right now, if I had to take a draft of quarterbacks and say that Mahomes and Allen have already been picked, or Mahomes and Burrow have been picked, I'd take Trevor Lawrence. I would too. Because Trevor, Trevor – when I saw him in that game, in his first playoff game, and they go down 27 to nothing, Justin Herbert, 
He threw four picks. I mean, he looked awful. Yeah. You think for a quarterback on the first time in the playoffs, you played that bad, you're like, well, he ain't good. he's not coming back. This is over. I mean, for him to maintain the, the level that he did in his head, like that coolness, and just relax and just get his team back together, and they played and they battled back in there, and then they go, they beat Justin Herbert, and then they go up to Kansas City. And even though Mahomes was hurt, he still played lights out. There was a couple mistakes by mistakes by Christian Kirk. He'd have made those. He'd have made that catch. They might be in that game. Yeah. Yeah. He might be in the. He might be in the championship versus Burrow. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I think Lawrence is the number three right now. Lawrence is just a superstar talent. Now I wouldn't put him. Or would you put him number three in the AFC? Because I'm putting Jalen Hurts over him. I'm putting Jalen Hurts over Allen too. Uh, if you told me and you said you want to start a team and it's for the future, mm-hmm. I'm taking Trevor. If you told me next year, I'm taking Jalen. But if it's for the future, I'm going Trevor. I guess I had a little bit of an issue with Burrow. Not on the fact that I'm a Steelers fan or not on the fact that his winning. I had a problem with because Trevor Lawrence was supposed to be that next talent. And Joe, as his Bad people hate to say it. He fell in a really good position. Mm-hmm. That number one pick when Joe got picked, he fell on a team that all they needed was another wide receiver, a coach, some offensive line guys, and a quarterback. Yeah. Trevor fell into nothing. I mean, literally. Yeah, the worst coach you could ever have with Urban. They didn't have a running back. They didn't have really any receivers. They didn't have anything. Mm-hmm. And for them to make the progression with Doug Peterson this year, which I thought was my coach of the year. He was, my, he was my coach of the year. For him to be what the Pittsburgh Steelers was at one point and then pushing his team to the playoffs with Trevor Lawrence and then win one playoff game and almost win another one in Kansas City, I, I just thought that was that was definitely it. Yeah, I think going back to what we were talking about, Joe Burrow competing for with Mahomes, I, I definitely think he'll be there. I don't see him going away. And the only way I can get Josh Allen back into that conversation, which I'm not saying I want Josh Allen back in that conversation, but I'm saying to see that conversation arise again, would be Josh Allen have to win it all next year. Yeah, I mean he have to beat everybody next year. He's at least got to beat Burrow and Mahomes. At least one. He's got he's got to enter the Super Bowl, and he's got to win. Because regardless if he beats Mahomes or Burrow next year, Burrow's been to a Super Bowl. Yes. Mahomes has won two. Jalen's been to one. If he hasn't gone to one, there is no conversation for him. If we if we're willing to give that conversation that he has to beat Burrow or Mahomes but not make the Super Bowl, why don't we give it to Trevor Lawrence too? We might as well just Fair. give it. We might as well give it to Trevor. Okay. I mean, AFC's loaded. I, I mean, I've told you multiple times. I'm not a Justin Herbert fan, but I think he's talented. I don't think he's a, the greatest. I think who we're talking about now is better. That's still another talent with a talented team around him. The AFC is tough. The AFC is tougher than the NFC. So yeah, you, you're right. If you you got to put Trevor up there, if you, I think Trevor's gonna make a run next year. That was my only problem with the Allen conversation. Is you're either if you're going if you're willing to put him back in that conversation, then we should put Trevor, Herbert, Lamar Jackson. Everybody else should be in that conversation too. Then that's not the point. The point is is that. The guys who make it, the guys who shown us that hey we're we're here. This is this is gonna be this way for a long time. And Burrow just he keeps showing it. Now Mahomes has already shown it, but we always talk about who's that challenger. Like we talked about 
Manning and Brady and Rodgers and Brady. But Rodgers never – Rodgers did win one. I know people want to acknowledge Rodgers did win one. But Rodgers, at the end of the day, he's been there so many times. He's complained so much and yada, 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 blah, 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 down the road. Never wins. So I can't put him in that conversation anymore. I couldn't put him in that Brady conversation. I'd rather put Mahomes in that Brady con- if that was still if Brady was still playing. I'd put Mahomes in that conversation. Yeah, that's just me though. I mean, Rogers is talented, but you're right. He, some guys, Rogers, Allen, they choke with the big games. Rogers has choked multiple times in the NFC Championship game. That's why I put Peyton Manning in that conversation. Go back to the 2015 Super Bowl when Manning was in there. Manning didn't win that Super Bowl. Von Miller won that Super Bowl. Yeah. No fly zone defense won that Super Bowl for him. At the end of the day, I know Manning helped him get to. Obviously, he had to help him get there. He wasn't the catapult in that game. Is that Von Miller and the defense changed Cam Newton's style of play. And it ruined it for him. That is what it is at the end of the day. Now we'll jump from talking about Joe Burrow to talking about one of your boys, T. Higgins. Now, I've heard reports that T. Higgins asked for outrageous amount of money from the front office. We had this conversation about two months ago. You know, T. Higgins... Want to be that number one? I don't. I don't know what to say. I didn't expect him to ask for a lot of money because I knew Jamar Chase was going to be that. And of course, they have Chase on contract. Don't have to worry for at least two more years. But T. Higgins is wanting his money, and if they're not going to give it to him, he's probably going to go somewhere, or they'll have to trade him because he's not going to play. I don't know where he's going to land. I want your personal reaction as being a Bengals fan. Your feeling about T. Higgins. So I, I love T, and I think T and Jamar are 1A and 1B because they, they do different things. They're totally different players. I think besides DeAndre Hopkins, maybe DK Metcalf, T Higgins high points the ball better than anyone in the league. Jamar is the catch the ball and just make craziness happen. So they're different players, but they're both they're both 1A, 1B, and if you look at their targets, Joe targets them like they're both ones. Bad thing is, people love Jamar because they like the flashy, take the ball 70 yards to the end zone. So, T doesn't get that hype. Now, T is, I have heard he's asked for a lot. Wouldn't shock me, he deserves to be paid like a one. Knowing how the Bengals roll and seeing how the Bengals rolled over the last however many years since I've been a fan, they're not going to trade him this year. They'll let him sit out. They let Carson Palmer sit out. They were going to let Jesse Bates sit out this year. They're not going to trade him. They're not... The we'll give you two second round picks. What's most second round picks turn into? So throwing a dart to a wall and hoping it sticks. They're not trading T. T's gonna play because T wants to prove that he is the one. And then after that, we will either tag him, give him his contract, or then we start talking about a trade. So this year I don't see anything happening unless we do come to an agreement with him and sign him. Nothing else is gonna happen. He's not getting traded unless someone just blows us away. I believe that. I mean, he's he's a superstar wide receiver talent. I'll tell you one place I was thinking if he had if they were going to move him, one place I'd like for him to go would be Jacksonville because of the chemistry he has with Trevor. He won a national championship with Trevor. He knows Travis Etienne. They're all close. It's like that same uh, combination with Burrow and Chase. They won a national championship together. They played in college together, and to have that chemistry is a little bit more different than Joe Burrow and T. I'm like, it would be with Trevor and T. Yeah. I mean, luckily, uh, Joe and T got a whole year together before Chase came into the mix. So I think they did get a little bit more chemistry and have a little special one, too. Because you're right. 
when you're in college and you have that same Chase and Jefferson with Burrow, those guys have a special bond. I mean, you saw it from day one when they drafted Chase, in Chase's first game. You saw the chemistry immediately between the two of them. It, it was just it's instantaneously, and that's why I wondered if, if T wanted to be moved, would he want to get to Jacksonville because of it'd be instantaneously yeah. because of that relationship he has. And to, I mean, let's be honest, Jamal, uh, Joe Burrow drafted Jamal Chase. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, Penny Sewell was right there. That's what we needed. Uh, I was wanting Sewell at the time. Uh, we made the right call. Joe Burrow is the one that came in and said, "I want my guy. He needs to be here." So. It has to weigh on T, too, knowing that Jamar or Joe wanted him. I don't see T leaving this year, but I can't see him leaving the next year. I can see him sitting out that year and not taking the tag and won't trade it. It worries me because if they lose T, it's going to kill him. It is. It's going to kill him offensively. Because you know you guys are going to unload Mixon. Mixon. After oh, how yeah. bad he played against Mahomes, but then how well he played against the Bills, it makes no sense to me. You could see this whole year it was a down year. He's playing bad. Samaje Piran is getting more carries and yards. It's you know it's time for him to go. So people don't realize the Bengals got seventh most, seventh most cap space. So key free agents this year, you know, Jesse Bates, he's gone. I'm not even considering bringing him back. He wants too much. He's gone. Vaughn Bell, he needs to be brought back. Jermaine Pratt needs to be brought back. Samaj P. Ryan, as you said, he needs to be brought back and they need to cut Joe Mixon. And then Hayden Hurst. So Burroughs proved over the last two years he can make any tight end look good. Did it with CJ Uzama. He's done it with Hayden Hurst. I would love to have Hayden back, but if you can't, we'll go find the next one. Hayden Hurst was he was definitely what you needed mm-hmm. this offseason. And I really hope he comes back because I, I really like the connection between him and Burrow and watching during the games. He just made clutch play after clutch play and made good moments for himself. I do think he probably is going to want more targets, but you got so much receiving core that it's hard enough to get Tyler Boyd the football, yeah. let alone try to get Hayden Hurst the football. So I can understand. If he does leave, he leaves. It's it's what happens at the end of the day. We'll only see what time to tell on the, on the Bengals and T. Higgins. Yeah, those free agents, I mean – Chase, and Chase is getting his money. Logan yeah. Wilson's going to get his money. Joe Burrow's going to get his money. Hendrickson. Hendrickson will get his money. DJ Reader's going to come up after next year. He'll probably get his money. So we'll see if T can get a thing for it. If not, if not I hope they get something to draft this year for a receiver. Because outside of those three, we're, we're light. I heard that Bears rumor. Remember? Did you yeah. hear the rumor? I heard the Bears rumor. That's horrible. I don't want any part of that. I, I don't know if it's worse for the Bengals or if it's worse for T. Higgins because yes, both. Because let's just admit something. Claypool wasn't the greatest receiver, but Claypool was a better receiver than what they already had yeah. out there. And they can't even get him the ball. So why would T. Higgins T. Higgins don't like the cold. So yeah. why would he want to go there? Why would he want to be a part of that? I'd rather just I'd rather just play for the Bengals and get half my targets yeah. than play for the Chicago Bears. No receiver's going to want to play for the Bears. Justin Fields, right now, is a run-first quarterback. There's a difference between Jalen Hurts running and Lamar Jackson running and what Justin Fields is doing. Team would, would even say, oh, well, I'll, I'll stay with Cincinnati and play with Joe before I go to Chicago and play with Justin Fields. A lot of people would, yeah. definitely. There's free agents right now. There's a couple of big talks. I know Lamar Jackson's not 
technically a free agent yet, but it's in the works. They, the Baltimore Ravens offered him $133 million guaranteed. To me, that's a little insulting because Kyler Murray's getting paid $189 million. Russell Wilson's getting paid $189 million. And they got those two guaranteed. And I think he's better than both of the guys as right now. Do I think they should do what Cleveland did and give him $230 million, $230, $250 million guaranteed? No, because Cleveland's not being mean to my Cleveland fans out there, but y'all are a dumb organization. You're too desperate. You got yourself wrapped up in something which we don't even know if it's going to work. I mean, if it does pan out, then you it, it works out great for you. Cleveland has caused this problem to where they have guaranteed Lamar Jackson, not Lamar, Deshaun Watson, all this money, and now all these free agents are going to want all this money yeah. because they don't come with the problems that Deshaun did. Yeah. Well, and you think about the three teams you, the three guys you named: Russell's bad contract, Kyler Murray's such a bad, Kyler Murray's such a bad contract. His coach got fired over that. And Deshaun Walton's worst contract of all. So I can see where the Ravens are hesitant to give a contract like that when it's crippled three teams and Lamar can't stay healthy. Well, here's my problem. I think Lamar is a little bit a different style quarterback. And the reason I said I know we're talking about with Jalen Hurts that little bit of comparison. The difference is, is that the Eagles made the acquisition moves to get him talent on the outside. The Baltimore Ravens have never and his time in there have never gotten him anybody who's elite at the receiving core position. Now, I'm not, count, I'm not counting Mark Andrews. And I'm not counting J.K. Dobbins in the backfield. I'm not counting any of those guys. I'm counting the receivers. His best receiver this year was Demarcus Robinson. I mean, that, that's kind of pathetic. Yeah. Think about everybody else that, you know, Deshaun, at least, he's starting to Amari Cooper. Or Kyler Murray's got D-Hop. And, he's got, and they, get, they traded away Marquise Brown. He's out there in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson's throwing Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. Like, Lamar has nobody to work with, and their entire offense is involved around him running the ball and what he can do. On his injury, I purposely think, in the last five games, not only was he hurt, but why would he try to risk it anymore for having to run the football all game long? That's what they were meant, that's what they wanted him to do. Mm-hmm. And for $133 million guaranteed, I think that's a little insulting for him if he has to do all this extra work that no other quarterback has to do. Like he, he's going to have to run it double what Kyler Murray and Jalen are going to have to do. As if they started the season right now with a team they have rostered around him, he's going to have to do twice as much more running because they have nobody to throw the ball to. I'm not saying they should offer him Sean Watson money. $200 million, I mean, Josh Allen's getting paid that much. Yeah. So, I hear in a minute I'll give you my prediction where he's going to go. But I do agree the Ravens need to keep him because if they don't keep him, they got to find someone like him. Their offense is built for that style. That, like you said, Demarcus Robinson's their best receiver. They tried Sammy Watkins. It seems like 400 different teams have tried Sammy Watkins. He's just, he was good 10 years ago. He's not good anymore. They don't have anything. They got, like you said, J.K. Dobbins. They have Mark Andrews. They have a great defense. They got Roquan Smith now, who's just insane linebacker. But if you throw a quarterback that is not elite and doesn't have the skills Lamar does, that, that whole offense struggles. Now look at Tyler Huntley. Yeah. I mean, that, that like Tyler Huntley is to comparison. Tyler Huntley is no comparison to Lamar Jackson because look how much they struggled. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying – I mean, the Bengals got out kind of lucky in the Ravens game with Hubbard's return for 98 yards, and it shouldn't have been that way. But Tyler Huntley was no reason to win in that game. No. He shouldn't have been in the Pro Bowl 
which I thought that was wrong. That's a joke. That was that was other teams trying to get their guys in and throwing his name in as the third pit player. Well, he he did. I mean, he got to attend obviously, right. but I, I was like, why? Even if Josh Allen didn't go, why would they even consider stuff like that? Yeah. I mean, the stats. I mean, compared to what I, I wasn't saying when I posted that thing on Facebook about Kenny Pickett. I wasn't saying Kenny deserved to go. But I was thinking, well, he deserves to go over Tyler Huntley. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of quarterbacks that deserve to go over Tyler Huntley. And I just, I, you could see the Ravens were not the same team without Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson worked with nothing on the receiving core, and they were a winning team. Tyler Huntley comes in the last two years, and they've been a disaster. They can't win at all. And John Harbaugh is in a point where the organization is not willing to pay him. They don't have a quarterback. They fired their offensive coordinator. They have Mark Andrews and J.K. Dobbins and a good defense, but it's all—it's not going to matter if you don't have a quarterback. Yeah, that's right. Well, where do you think he's going to go? If Baltimore don't pay, I'm going to send him to the team with the most cap space, who has talent, and he's going to go to the Atlanta Falcons. And not only is he going to go to the Atlanta Falcons, Jesse Bates is going to follow him to the Atlanta Falcons. That's my crazy prediction. Wow. That's the first one I've heard. I have not heard anybody say the Atlanta Falcons. They have a lot of cap space, but yet again, I don't see it working in his favor. So they got the cap space. They got Kyle Pitts, who is, I mean, I'm not saying he's Mark Andrews, but it's a tight end. They've got other talent. And they're in a division that there's no there's no great team in that division right now. Like, you win that division with that move. I agree. I, I definitely agree. I didn't really think about that. Man, I have not thought about the Atlanta Falcons. I was thinking two other teams, the Miami Dolphins, not because of Tua, but because of Tua's injury prone. If you're Miami, you're in a bad predicament because you don't know whether you're going to have two or not. Right. So are you going to rely your entire future on it? And that gives him Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and a great offense, and that's exactly what he's looking for. Yeah. Or the New York Jets. I don't want to hear Zach Wilson say, if they bring in a vet, it will make it difficult. Listen, they bring in a superstar quarterback, you'll never play again. You'll never. I, I don't care what the Jets say. Keeping him, it's not going to work. I do think the Jets get a quarterback, and I think that quarterback's name is Derek Carr. And I think if you look at Derek Carr, he's never played with a defense that was even halfway decent. You throw him on a Jets defense, which is that's a top top five defense in the league. You throw him on the Jets, he puts up numbers. He's got Garrett Wilson. It's a good right wide receiver. They've got other talent. They've got Brees Hall coming back next year. I think Derek Carr has a breakout year if he goes to the Jets. I picked Derek Carr to go to the Panthers because, like you just said, it's a weak division. Yeah. It's a weak division. He's got DJ Moore. They've got even though they lost McCaffrey, they got two backs that are really good. They got a young defense. It's not the Jets' defense, but it's a really decent, good defense. I think that would be a perfect scenario for him to go down there, succeed, win the division, possibly win a playoff game, and show the Raiders, you know, I'm still here. I- I'm playing well. With the Raiders, here's what I think happens. When Derek leaves, Aaron Rodgers comes out of his basement or whatever retreat he's in out of the dark, and uh, he, pick, he goes to the Raiders. I think he follows and plays with Devontae one more time. I think that's a bad move. I don't I think, think it's a good move, but I think that's what he's going to do. I think there is a possibility he would go to the Jets before the Raiders. And yeah, I know you think that's crazy, but why would you go to the Raiders? Well, number one, you got Mahomes, who's going to be leading that division. 
the Broncos just got Sean Payton. And I think Russell Wilson's going to make a comeback. And Herbert's in the division. And you got Kellen Moore and Brandon yeah. Stanley and Herbert back. There's three good teams. So, I was telling Matt last week, I was sitting here, I would take all three of those teams before I'd take the Raiders. Because the Raiders' defense is poor. It is. They have a poor defense. They have a coordinator who didn't succeed in Denver, who went back to Belichick. He's a good coordinator. Right. He's not a head coach. Yeah. He's never been successful as a head coach. People blame this year on Derek Carr. I can't blame it on Derek Carr. Because look at Derek Carr the year before. He almost beat the Bengals last year oh, yeah. in the playoffs. Derek Carr gets so much backlash for such a good career he's had. He's he's borderline Hall of Famer if you look at it just as stats. No, he has no playoff success. He's about no. But that's – you've got to have a team with to make the playoff run. It's just like the Matt Ryan, though. I mean, Matt Ryan – he probably won't make the playoffs. He won't probably make. He won't make the Hall of Fame, but his stats tell the story. Yep. It's just even though he made a Super Bowl and he lost to the biggest Super Bowl comeback ever. Same thing with Derek Carr. He might not have all the success in the winning, but the stats show. And I think he's when he was with the interim head coach last year. I can't remember his name. If I can remember his name for the life of me, but they played well. I mean, think about all the mess they went through last year. Henry Ruggs, losing the coach. They're what their cornerback getting on Instagram, pointing a gun, saying he's gonna kill somebody. I mean, like all the craziness they went through, he led them to the playoffs, and they almost won a playoff game. Like, what more can you ask the guy? So to me, it's not Derek Carr's fault. They're hiring the wrong people. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're drafting wrong. They're hiring wrong, and they're just. I mean, they didn't pick up Josh Jacobs fifth year. Option. I mean, they turned around leads of the NFL and Russian. They're, they're just not a smart organization. No, it's a, somebody, somebody's going to be Josh Jacobs, which is yeah. going to be interesting. But I, who knows what the Raiders will do for the future. But like you said, you heard your pick for Derek Carr be the Jets, might be the Panthers, Lamar to the Falcons, I think either Miami or the Jets, because Miami's, Miami and the Jets, I'm looking at receiving core. For the Falcons, in my own opinion, it's a young, young receiving core, and Cobbins will be in the league three years technically. I don't like. I'm not too sure about the coach. I'm in and out on this coach. I don't. I don't know much about him. I also think they probably might stick with Desmond Ritter. Ritter's young, but he played really well in the, towards the end of the season when he got his play. He did, but if you got a chance at Lamar, you're yeah. Play. I mean, I understand. I definitely understand that. Man, I, gonna be an interesting NFL season. We're only in. February. Yeah. We just ended the Super Bowl. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see some of these free agents. There's some big free agents out there. See where they draw. The draft, of course, that's always fun to watch. Uh, as a Bengals fan, i got to stay up late to watch these drafts now. I used to get events 8 o'clock as soon as they made that first pick. And now uh, now it's an all-night thing for me. I can't remember when the Bengals get their draft. I, have they announced all the draft picks yet? I mean, I know that the Chiefs are getting the 32nd. but Yeah. So the 32nd for them, the 31st is um, – of course, the Eagles. The 30th was the Dolphins, but they have to forfeit that pick. Yeah. And then I think the Bengals are 29th. They'll find somebody good. They'll definitely find somebody yeah, good. Yeah, I want a corner. Uh, the, I think the Steelers are in the top 15, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, then you get the first pick of the second round for the Claypool trade. Hey, I'll take it, man. That's I'll take it. a genius trade. As much as I don't like the Steelers, that was a genius trade. Hey, we make good moves, man. We make good moves when it matters. And I'll tell you, Mike Tomlin, as much as I dislike the Steelers, he's a good coach. 
Never had a losing season a since he's been in Pittsburgh. Which actually, when you don't make the playoffs, you don't have a losing season. You can never get the high-end talent in the draft. So to be able to keep winning without a top five, top ten pick, it's impressive. I'm excited to see Kenny's future. I'm really hoping he improves this year. I mean, obviously he's not going to beat the Bengals, but I think you know he, we might be the second best team in that division. I'm basing that off of not knowing how Deshaun Watson will do. Yeah, and if Lamar leaves, then yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, only time will tell, man. That'd be fun. We're going to jump into a little bit of WVU basketball. Okay. Man, what a what a rough couple seasons, in my own opinion. I mean, it's it's been bad for the past three years, I'd say. Yes. Pretty bad. This is where me and you're going to get a little. We're going to get a little different on this. Oh, I know. I know what you think. Dude, Huggins, there's nothing wrong with Bob Huggins. I was at the game last Saturday. We get an eight-point lead with Texas Tech. Let me give you a couple little stats. At 841, we're up eight. After that, we call multiple timeouts, and he drew up great plays for Eric Stevenson. Eric Stevenson went one for seven after that eight-point lead. Not only that, Tech out-rebounded us 14 to six. And they had five offensive rebounds. Two offensive rebounds off of missed free throws. You can't blame Huggins for that stuff. Here's what you do blame Huggins for. You blame Huggins for, number one, your offense. Offense stinks. I mean, it, it's the true fact. Your offense stinks. Your recruiting's not very good. You obviously don't run the press. And there's a reason you don't run the press. Because the players aren't bought into it. So here's the thing. When most of these guys like Patino... Patino ran the press in Kentucky, and they won that championship off of it. Because these guys bought in to a good defense. you got to buy in. Yeah. And the problem is, like I said, you can, you can buy into a defense, or you can do this and that. Nobody plays defense anymore. Nobody's doing that anymore. I mean, think about the NBA. Look at it. Yeah. it it's all offensive talent. And these are what these kids are when they're getting recruited. This is what they're looking for. They're looking for that high offensive game and not being mean towards hugs, but the way he coaches doesn't doesn't really work as much anymore. It doesn't work in the game of basketball. I agree, and I, I do agree the NIL, transfer portal, all that hurts him even more because he just can't pull. Now, I thought he did a good job this year pulling talent. Eric Stevenson's talent. Mm-hmm. Sadly, he is our offense right now. Trey Mitchell, I thought, was going to be another offense option. He looked good last night, but outside of last night, Trey hasn't looked that good. Now, people keep forgetting, Jose Perez was our, going to be our, our offensive option. He was going to be the one. Manhattan walking him multiple times. I still think that's a dirty move on their part. Um, I hope he comes back next year and plays for us. You watch West Virginia play. There's moments in the game that they look confident. They look like they're ready to play. Then they just collapse. I mean, it just it comes down. They just collapse out of nowhere. And like you said, there's Eric Stevenson is the whole offense right now. For their team, what bothers me the most is we had Oscar Shibway. Now Shibway isn't having the greatest season this year. His points they went up by they went up by six or seven. His rebounds and assists went up. I mean, the guy just got better when he went to Calipari. Yeah, and that's my one biggest downfall with Huggins is. He's loyal to T too much sometimes. Oscar left because he hated sharing minutes with Derek Oliver. Should Derek still played yet? Yeah, Derek was good, but Oscar should have had more minutes. That's the same right now. Jimmy Bell is 
horrible on that court. But he still starts every game. Okwankwo is playing better than Jimmy Bell right now. It should be starting. It should be playing majority minutes. And then Mo needs more minutes. Jimmy Bell is not the option. He, he's huge, but he doesn't play like a huge center. You remember Jordan McCabe? Yeah. Did you ever watch him in high school? Yeah, it was pretty Listen, the guy, the guy can play. He definitely can play the game of uh, basketball really well. He comes to West Virginia. Just, I mean, his whole his entire game just depletes. The guy can't play anymore. And I was like, how do you get a guy who attended the Steph Curry camp, who did all this stuff, who was a great offensive talent in high school, just go terrible? When he started for the Mountaineers, they let him play a little bit of his game, and it worked. And he was playing good offense. And then it just, year after year after year, he just depleted, looked even worse. And that was my problem with Hugs. If you're going to continue to run this tough defense that he likes to run, you have to have an efficient offense on the other side. And look at everybody else in the Big 12. I mean, look at Kansas, Texas, Baylor, Kansas State, Iowa State, TCU. They don't have the greatest defenses in the world. I mean, not to what Hugs' calendar defense was with the press. But their offense is just lights out. And that's why I say in football, recruiting is different for the Big 12 because you're 2,000 miles away from everybody else in the conference. I believe in basketball it's different. I believe ACC players could definitely – ACC recruitment could still work in, bas- in basketball. It's not about – scoring high points and being fast and having certain players or certain style players for certain conferences don't really have to do that in basketball. It's just who's efficient enough. But like you said, the NIL deal is killing it. I think the fact that kids don't want to play defense anymore is also killing hugs. It's just it's just killing. Like I said, he's a great coach. He's won a lot of games. He's a Hall of Fame coach. Had a successful career. My biggest doubt is everybody talks about the Final Four. He took somebody else's recruitment class to the Final Four. There have been so many teams in football over the years, like when Jimmy Johnson got fired from the Cowboys. The next coach took his team to the Super Bowl, and they won. And he gets the credit for it, but it's, everybody says, well, that was Jimmy's team. B-Lions players were in 2010, and we all agree. If Sean Butler don't get hurt, they probably win. They probably get in that championship. Yeah. They possibly could win that thing. But he took somebody else's players there, and, and he won and since then. So we went to the Final Four in 2010. We lose in the second round in 2011. We go in 2012. We lose in the first round. In 25th, then we hit 2015. Go to Sweet 16, 2016, first round, 2017. Sweet 16, 2018 was the last time we've been was the Sweet 16. So it's, it's been a while for the Mountaineers. It has. Now, the COVID year. Well, yeah. Well, I, I, the COVID year was a good team. I don't really count the COVID years, but... Yeah, but, I mean, that was a team that would have went, and they're not a win at all. But that's a Sweet 16 team that was that play in that year. Deuce McBride was special. That was probably his best recruit that he's ever had outside of a Javon Carter, maybe a Dax Miles. Deuce was special. What do you think of their future? What do you think happens here? Because at the end of the day, I don't care what people say, something's got to get... Yeah, next year worries me. You know, we have a ton of seniors on this team, some of which can come back based because of the COVID year. So it'll be interesting to see if Trey comes back. It'd be interesting to see a couple of the others. It'd be interesting to see if Jose Perez stays. Outside of that, you know, let's talk about like Kobe Johnson. That guy played great last year. This year when he gets on the court, it looks like he's lost. So yeah, you may be right. Huggins, these guys may regress under Huggins. I don't agree with the you mess up and you go run on a treadmill. I hate the 
you mess up and you're cross-site looking to see if someone's coming in for you. Like, that part of Huggins' game I don't like. He doesn't let them play through it, mistakes. He he generates this old style of coaching. It's been in every sport. But he generates that old style, and it doesn't work for these new kids. You can't, you can't scream and yell like you used to be able to do with everybody. These kids go in funks. They get low, you know, their confidence gets low. You're pulling them off the court. That's just making it worse. I mean, you're right. making it worse for these kids. You got to let them play through it and grow it back up. And then it'll flow a lot better. But he, he's so stuck in that old style. And then I also get the feeling that he's all in this predicament where he can't really get out of coaching yet. And I also have a feeling, does he enjoy it? I mean, is he enjoying this anymore? Yeah, I mean, if you listen to his press conferences... He's, but, not, he's not enjoying I mean, any of this. So. He doesn't ever talk good about a player. Like, that's something that bugs me, too. He never has a compliment. He's the king of the smart aleck remark now, which is funny half the times, but you know the players listen to it. Just last Saturday after the loss, Stevenson made the comment that his pl- the players around him wasn't playing hard. It was a true comment. He shouldn't have said it, but it was a true comment. And then, you know, Huggins not only bashes the team, then realizes it was Stevenson who said it, then he bashes Stevenson. The players will listen to that. I mean, Jalen Bridges left because of Huggins. And that's what I keep saying. It's not that I hate on Huggins' career. It's nothing to do with that. And I know the play on the court in moments doesn't have anything to do with Huggins, but a lot of this whole, a lot of this issue does. A lot of this has dwelled over the years, and the change of the game and the evolution of basketball, because now it's in a new phase, has also made Hugs look bad. It's taken a turn on his career and changing, and he's not changing his style. He's keeping the same style, and it's not working for anybody, and it's not drawing success from his team. Like I said, he's a Hall of Fame coach. I will never discredit a coach based on what he's accomplished in his career. I discredit a coach based on what is happening in the moment. And what has happened over the past three years, well, two years, no, I'm not, I won't count COVID, what has happened in those two years, these kids don't want to play. I mean, they don't They don't want to play for him. And like you just said, you imagine the confidence level is just awful. I mean, they're praying they can win so they can make him proud. Yeah, That's what they're playing based off of. Now, I do think this team is a lot better than people get credit for. Uh, the Big 12, there's a reason all 10 teams have a legit shot to go to the Bands. I mean, just some quick stats. WVU's 26 in BPI. So that's showing your true. You got teams Duke, Miami, Kansas State, North Carolina below us. You look at top 50 wins against BPI teams. We've got six. That's more than Duke, Virginia, Marquette, Auburn, UCLA, Houston, and Zaga. I mean, we're fifth in strength of schedule behind four Big 12 teams. It's a pretty impressive record for that. I get what you're saying. That like I, I see the stuff you're saying, but you know we played Purdue out of conference. We kept it close with Xavier. We we choked the Xavier game away. We beat a pit team. We throttled a pit team. That's now last I checked was either leading the ACC or was second or third in the ACC. I mean, I think we got the resume to walk into the tournament. It's just the you know the eyeball test when you look at the record. Our record's not flashy. The conference has gotten a lot better. You know, ever since, like, Baylor won the national championship, the conference just keeps getting better. Because it used to be Kansas that just do- – Kansas has dominated forever. They dominated the Big 12 forever since it's ever been born. And for Baylor to win 
everybody else in the Big 12 has gotten better. Yeah. I just, like I said, I, I want West Virginia to be in that conversation. Even though you said we'd probably be a top team in the ACC. Yeah. We belong in the ACC. We don't belong in the Big 12. I don't know why we're still in the Big 12. I can't get over that. We should be in the ACC playing our rivals and playing everybody else and playing the competition on the East Coast. We're playing all the way in the Midwest, which makes no sense. We'd be better off over here. We'd have a better record uh, for the Mountaineers. We're going to see the. I mean, we're going to see them in the tournament. I hope improvement. I, I don't want. I don't want to sit here on the show and dwell about how bad Huggins is. I hate doing that. I'm just. I'm just trying to point out an obvious. Yeah. And you look around. You just keep looking around. I'm just trying. I don't want to sit here and you know. I hate Huggins and this. And I don't hate the guy. I respect him as a coach. I respect who he is. But at the end of the day, we as fans of this program can't continue to go on years and years and years as failures when everybody else is succeeding. Yeah. That just doesn't make sense in my head. Yeah. No, I get you. I mean, honestly, this year, a super successful end of the season of Sweet 16. We're not going past that unless it's a crazy run. That's a great season. But, yeah, I want to get back to where a great season is a Final Four, is a national championship, or at least half hopes. Javon Carter, Dexter Mile, they didn't get there. But the, every year, that was a hope. Uh, I want back to that. I want to see that again. I want to see a Deuce McBride take a game over. I, we don't have that right now. We haven't since Deuce and before that, Javon and them. I, you're right. I, I, I want to see something. I want to see a – I don't want Chris Beard. Don't, don't say I want Chris Beard. But I want to see a recruiter like a Chris Beard be able to bring some talent in that just – Oh my gosh, the team's great now. That's what every fan wants. Every fan wants a team. We're not asking for it every year. You're not going to get the talent like Kansas and them every year. But you can get maybe, you know, once a year. Once, hey, you're in the Elite Eight. Hey, you you made the Final Four. I'm not even asking for a championship at this point. I'm just asking for, can we get a team that can get by the Sweet 16 even if we get blown out by 40 in the Elite Eight, hey, we made it to the Elite right. Eight. I mean, that's that's the best thing I can say. Yeah. We made it to the Elite Eight. We're respectful. We still made it. Well, all right, for the final segment of this episode, this will be a two-part episode, we're going to talk a little bit about Strong Tower Fitness. Strong Tower Fitness is a CrossFit gym here in Martinsburg, West Virginia. Will is a coach there. Will, explain exactly what cross, CrossFit and Strong Tower really is all about. Yeah, so... Uh, in short, CrossFit is functional fitness, so kind of movements you would do in your everyday life. So we're not the gym that's going to run on a treadmill for an hour. We're not the gym that's just going to lift weights over and over for an hour. We're the gym that kind of puts the cardio and the lifting together and lets you gain muscle while improving your cardio all at the same time. Uh, at Strong Tower, we are a Christian-based gym, so a lot of strong bonds and friendships. Like I said, this is where I met Cam at. This is where we became friends at. A lot of friendships have grown on in Strong Tower. Um, great place to work. We're an hour class. We're made to you get in, get out. CrossFit's been proven that you can get a workout in, in an hour that will rival a workout that you get in other gyms in two hours. So the spike in your heart rate and bringing it down has been rivaled on just constant heart rate. So it's a gym I uh, hold dear in the heart. I've been there for probably about five years. I've coached for three or four years, and uh, a lot of friendships have been made there, a lot of time spent at that gym. Definitely a great gym. I uh, I started there back in during COVID in 2020. It, what, it was, really was a great gym, and I spent some time there, and 
I grew some friends there, and I really enjoyed doing it. I think more people in the community should get more involved with it. Now that the first three classes are free at Strong Tower, and their times for classes are 5.30 a.m., the noon class, which Will is the coach of the noon class, 4.30 in the afternoon, and 5.30 classes. These classes are going to be an hour long, and there's a lot of weightlifting and cardio, good exercise, good workout for an hour. Definitely in the Parkersburg area. Go check it out. Go be a part of it. It is a really family-friendly type of place to be, and I highly recommend it to anybody. Just go give it a shot. Greg, uh, Greg Brewster is the owner of Strong Tire Fitness. Guys, awesome to talk to, and just a, just a great person overall. Doing great things for the community. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'd love to have you. Uh, Greg is great. We've got myself and a bunch of other coaches. Uh, we all kind of range in different things, coach different classes, specialize in different things. So we'd love to have anybody. You know, it's three free classes, so it doesn't hurt. You don't like it, you're not out anything. So come and get your three free in, and um, we hope to see you more after those three free. This will be a two-part episode, like I said, so definitely check out the next episode that we're going to be doing. We'll see you guys next time. See ya.